today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Parts of the Word of God they don't like, parts of the Word of God they don't agree with, parts of the Word of God that don't agree with their lifestyle or their sin, and instead of repenting and submitting under the authority of the Word of God, they, they in, in essence, take a knife and say, well, I, don't, I don't agree with that one. I, I just don't believe those verses. I don't think this passage of Scripture is for today. I don't agree with this part. I don't think that applies to our modern age. So I, I, just, I just ignore these verses here. If you're a coffee drinker, you know there are countless ways to make your coffee. There's brewing options and creams and sweeteners galore. You can pick and choose your coffee to your liking. When it comes to the Word of God, there's no tailoring to fit your taste. It's the cold, hard truth. In the message today, Pastor Dan will remind you that the entire Bible is God-breathed. Not just the scriptures that make you feel all warm and fuzzy. This could be a hard reality to face, but knowing that God never changes is reassuring in this ever-changing world. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Jeremiah chapter 36 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. So Jeremiah sent Baruch to the temple during the day of fasting when there would be a larger crowd in the temple. Again, these are people that are just kind of going through the religious motions. It's just a a religious obligation, but there's no meaning to it for them. So he goes to the temple and look at verse 7. It may be that they will present their supplication before the Lord and everyone will turn from his evil way For great is the anger and the fury that the Lord has pronounced against this people. Again, we see Jeremiah's heart here is the same as the Lord's heart. The Lord wants them to turn from their evil ways. The Lord wants to forgive them of their sins. He says, maybe they will. Now, we've we've read the whole book. We know they're not going to turn. But there's hope. Jeremiah's got hope. You know, I think it's on purpose that God doesn't tell us ahead of time who, who will believe and who will not believe. Because then we, oh, we won't even waste our time. I know that, I know that guy's not going to repent. I know she's not going to repent. So I'm not even going to bother. Everyone potentially could be someone that will repent and trust in the Lord. And that's, that's kind of Jeremiah's heart here. Hey, it could be, maybe, everyone will turn from his evil way. Maybe when you go and you read the scroll, everybody will repent and turn to God. And so Baruch, the son of Neriah, did according to all that Jeremiah, the prophet, commanded him, reading from the book of the words of the Lord in the Lord's house, and nothing happened. Nobody responded. Nobody tried it. It was worth trying. Nothing happened. So verse 9, now it came to pass... In the fifth year of Jehoiakim, remember back in verse 1, we were in the fourth year of Jehoiakim. Now it's a year later. In the fifth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah. In the ninth month, 
that they, they not, not the king, but the people, they proclaimed a fast before the Lord to all the people in Jerusalem and to all the people who came from the cities of Judah to Jerusalem. And so, and now it's a year later, the people declare another fast, or they, they proclaim another day of fasting. At this point, the Babylonians have invaded uh, the land, so the people of Judah could be calling a, a national day of prayer, a day of fasting, because of the circumstances that they're in, with the Babylonians coming in and conquering all their cities. So verse 10, then Baruch read from the book the words of Jeremiah in the house of the Lord. He already tried this once and nothing happened. He's trying it again. Right? Don't you like that? Just the perseverance? Well, it's another it's a year later. Hey, let's try it again. Let's go back to the temple. Take the scroll again. Go read it. See if anything happens this time. Again, verse 10, then Baruch read from the book the words of Jeremiah in the house of the Lord in the chamber of Gemariah, the son of Shaphan. That was one of our signet, one of our seals that we saw. The scribe in the upper court at the entry of the new gate of the Lord's house. So he's standing by one of the gates where people are coming into the temple courts in the hearing of all the people. So he's just standing there reading this scroll. Verse 11, when Micaiah, the son of Gemariah, the son of Shaphan, heard all the words of the Lord from the book, he then went down to the king's house into the scribe's chamber. So the, the scribes, were they copied the, the word of God. That was their job. So they were experts. They were lawyers, if you will, experts at the word of God. They had chambers there. They had homes or offices there at the temple. So he goes down into the scribe's chamber and there all the princes were sitting, all the leaders of the city of Jerusalem. Elishama the scribe, Deleah the son of Shemaiah, and Nathan the son of Akbor, Gemariah the son of Shaphan, Zedekiah the son of Hananiah, and all the princes. So they're all, they're all just sitting there in the scribe's chamber. Verse 13. Then Micaiah declared to them all the words that he had heard when Baruch read the book in the hearing of the people. So get the picture here. Here you have Baruch. He's just standing by one of the main gates that go into the temple courts. As the mass of people are coming in and out to go in and out of the temple. And again, they're just going through the religious motions here. It doesn't have any real meaning to them. Uh, So they're coming into the temple. It's just religious activity for them. And he's there. He's reading the word of God. Uh, And there's one guy in the crowd, Micaiah. He's convicted by it. He's convicted by what he hears. So he, he goes down to the scribe's chamber where he knows that the princes of the city, the leaders of the city, will be gathered And he goes to them and he tells the leaders of the city what he heard. Verse 14. Therefore all the princes sent to Jehudi, the son of Nethaniah, the son of Shalameah, the son of Cushi, to Baruch, saying, Take in your hand the scroll from which you have read in the hearing of the people and come. So Baruch, the son of Neriah, took the scroll in his hand 
And he came to them, verse 15, and they said to him, sit down now and read it in our hearing. And so Baruch read it in their hearing. So, so they call for Baruch to come. And they ask him to read this scroll that he has so they can hear what it says. Verse 16, now it happened when they had heard all the words that they looked in fear from one to another. So they start looking at each other. Looking around the room. And they said to Baruch. We will surely tell the king. Of all these words. They're convicted by the word of God. Just by the reading of the word of God. The word of God is alive and it's powerful. And it's sharper than a two edged sword. And it never returns void. It always accomplishes what God sends it to accomplish. And here these leaders of the city, they're, con- they're convicted by the reading of the word of God and, and they want to tell the king. And I want you to note here how these men respond to the reading of the word of God. First of all, you know, they're seated and listening carefully when it's read to them. And we're listening half-heartedly. They weren't busy doing other things, you know, checking their email. While they're, while they're listening to the word of God. They're serious about hearing the word of God. And we should be serious about hearing the word of God. And you guys, you guys do this. But when the word of God is read, we should sit and listen. I, I, know, of a, I know of a pastor that he taught his kids when they were young. That any time he read the word of God, that they, wherever they were in the house, it didn't matter. They were to sit down. And they were to be quiet and they were to listen. And he had taught them this so well that as the kids got older, whenever the kids would get in an argument or fight, he would just get his Bible out and start reading the Bible. And they knew to just stop and sit down. That should be our attitude towards the Word of God. Anytime the Word of God is read to us, whether it's it's here from a pulpit or it's in a, a home Bible study or the women's Bible study or wherever, the Word of God is being read. And so we want to sit down, we want to hear it, we want to listen carefully. And when they were convicted by the word of God, they took action. They took action. They did something in response to what they heard. Again, we should take action. When we hear the word of God and we're convicted by something, we should be doers of the word. They said, we need to tell the king. We need to tell the king what this says. Verse 17, and they asked Baruch saying, tell us now, how did you write all these words at his instruction? So Baruch answered them and he proclaimed with his mouth all these words to me. And I wrote them with ink in the book. Again, that's a picture of inspiration. God, the Holy Spirit, speak, spoke to the prophets of old and they wrote down what they received and the Holy Spirit carried them along. As they wrote it down. And so Baruch explains this to them. The process by which he copied the word of God onto the scroll. Jeremiah said the words. Baruch wrote them down as his secretary. You know in the New Testament. The Apostle Paul also used a scribe or secretary. To write down the word of God on his behalf. So Paul dictated to his secretary or his scribe. In Romans chapter 16, verse 22, if you're taking notes, Romans 16, 22, 
Tertius is mentioned as the one who wrote the letter to the Romans on behalf of the Apostle Paul. He was Paul's secretary. Paul dictated the letter to the Romans to Tertius. Tertius adds his name at the end of the letter. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. So verse 19, Then the princess said to Baruch, Go and hide you and Jeremiah, and let no one know where you are hiding. There, there's a cave uh, on the outskirts of, Jeremiah, of Jerusalem where they believe that Jeremiah and Baruch hid themselves according to tradition. But they say to Baruch, go hide yourself, you and Jeremiah. Now, why do they say that? Because they know the king is not going to like the message. And the king will come after Baruch and Jeremiah. It's interesting they don't say, hey, we got to make sure the king doesn't hear this. We got to make sure the king doesn't find out what's written in this scroll because he'll be really upset. They knew the king would not like the message, but they still proclaimed the message to the king. That's a good lesson for us. They knew the king would not like the message, but they told him anyway. Even when the word of God offends, we still share the word of God with people. Even when we know they are not going to like my answer. They're not going to like what I have to say to them out of the word of God. We want to let our light shine. We don't want to hide it under a basket. It's better to fear God than to fear man. And so verse 20, they went to the king and into the court. But they stored the scroll in the chamber of Elishama, Elishama, the scribe. And they told all the words in the hearing of the king. Pretty brave thing to do. So the king sent Jehudi to bring the scroll And he took it from Elishama, the scribe's chamber, and Jehudi read it in the hearing of the king and in the hearing of all the princes who stood beside the king. And watch what the king does in verse 22. Now the king was sitting in the winter house in the ninth month, which is about the month of December, with a fire burning in the hearth, on the hearth before him. And it happened when Jehudi had read three or four columns, that the king cut it with the scribe's knife. And he cast it into the fire, which was on the earth. Until all the scroll was consumed in the fire. The king does not agree with any of it. Verse 26, and the king commanded Jeremiel, the king's son, Sariah, the son of Azrael, and Shelemiah the son of Abdiel, 
to seize Baruch the scribe and Jeremiah the prophet, but the Lord hid them. The king did not agree with what the word of God said. And so what did the king do? He started cutting the parts that he didn't like and cutting those out and burning them. By the end of it, he doesn't like any of it. And there are many people today that do that with the word of God. Parts of the word of God they don't like, parts of the word of God they don't agree with, parts of the word of God that don't agree with their lifestyle or their sin. And instead of repenting and submitting under the authority of the word of God, they, they in, in essence, take a knife and say, well, I, don't, I don't agree with that part. I, I just don't believe those verses. I don't think this passage of Scripture is for today. I don't agree with this part. I don't think that applies to our mar- modern age. So I, I, just, I just ignore these verses here. And what this says here, I, I, don't, I don't believe that. And what they're doing is they're taking a knife to the Bible and they're cutting out the parts they don't agree with so they can continue to live how they want. You know, Thomas Jefferson, for example, literally took a knife to the Bible. And he cut out the parts of the Bible he didn't agree with. There's a copy of it down at the Smithsonian. You can see a copy of it. It's called the Jefferson Bible. Where he, he literally just took an X-Acto knife and just, you know, a straight edge and started cutting parts out that he didn't like. And again, people do the same thing today where they say, well, hey, I, I'm a Christian, but I don't believe this. Or I'm a Christian, and I don't believe what the Bible says about that. I'm a Christian, but I believe you can live this way and what the Bible says doesn't really apply. I think God still accepts us even if we're living this way. The king cut up the Bible and he tossed the scroll into the fire and burned it. And in the king's mind, that's it. But the Bible is eternal. The Bible is eternal. The word of God is, is eternal. You know, it says in Isaiah, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of God stands forever. It can't be destroyed. It can't be destroyed. Throughout history, there have been numerous attempts by leaders and governments to destroy the word of God, and they've all failed because the word of God is eternal. And it stands forever. And rejecting the word of God or disagreeing with the word of God or cutting it up and burning it in the fire and walking away thinking, well, that's the end of that. It doesn't change the fact that the Bible is true. It doesn't change the fact that the Bible is the word of God. Even if you disagree with it. Even if you cast it into a fire and burn it. It's still the word of God. Whether we accept it as the word of God and submit our lives to it, and try to live according to it, or whether we completely reject it, and cut it up with a knife, and burn it in a fire. It's still the word of God. And it's still the standard by which God judges. Whether we accept it or not. So verse 27, look what happens. Now after the king had burned the scroll with the words which Baruch had written, At the instruction of Jeremiah, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah again, saying, take yet another scroll and write on it all the former words that were on the first scroll, which Jehoiakim, the king of Judah, has burned. 
And you shall say to Jehoiakim, king of Judah, thus says the Lord. You have burned this scroll, saying, why have you written in it that the king of Babylon will certainly come and destroy this land and cause man and beast to cease from here? That's what he didn't like about it. That's why he took his knife and cut it up. He didn't like that part in there about the Babylonians coming and conquering the land. Why did God include that? He was trying to warn Jehoiakim. So Jehoiakim could turn to God and be saved. Why does God give us the word? Why does God put his commands in the word? Why does God put laws in his word? Why does he prohibit things? For our own good. To protect us from things that destroy us. Therefore, thus says the Lord concerning Jehoiakim, king of Judah. He shall have no one to sit on the throne of David. And his dead body shall be cast out into the heat of the day and the frost of the night. I will punish him, his family, and his servants for their iniquity. And I will bring on them, on the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and on the men of Judah, all the doom that I have pronounced against them, they did not heed. Jehoiakim says, I don't want to hear that. Throws it in the fire. That's God trying to warn him. That's God trying to be merciful to him. But he's refusing to receive God's mercy. Then Jeremiah took another scroll and gave it to Baruch the scribe, the son of Neriah, who wrote on it at the instruction of Jeremiah all the words of the book which Jehoiakim, king of Judah, had burned in the fire. And besides, there were added to them many similar words. So he just rewrote the book. He just wrote it again. Again, the word of God's eternal. You can't destroy it. People have tried throughout history to destroy God's word, but you, you, you can't destroy God's word. I read one time uh, about the, the manuscripts that we have for the New Testament. If you've never looked at that, if you're into kind of that nerdy stuff, it's, it's, it's amazing. The number of manuscripts that we have, handwritten, copied manuscripts, of the New Testament, way outnumber any other ancient writing. I mean, just a ridiculous number. They outnumber all the other ancient writings we have. But I read one time that even if all of those ancient manuscripts were destroyed before we had the printing press, you could recreate the entire New Testament except for 11 verses just from quotes that are in writings from the early church fathers. So even if we did lose all the manuscripts before the printing press, and we didn't have copies of the manuscripts of the New Testament, you could take the writings of the early church fathers and recreate the entire New Testament except for 11 verses because they quoted it so much. You can't destroy the Word of God. You just can't. It's God's Word. He's protected it. And here you see with this king, Jehoiakim, he's just... He's just trying to destroy the word, but you can't destroy the word of God. The word of the Lord stands forever. He asked me how I know, and I say, brings truer than the finest crystal. That's all we have time for today on Ring of Truth. If you'd like to hear more teachings from Pastor Dan, we invite you to visit our website, calvaryec.com. 
There you'll have access to our library of previous messages available to listen to online or download to take with you on the go. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Each time we post a new teaching, you'll get a notification and be able to listen right away. We're so blessed to be able to provide you with insightful messages taken straight from the pages of God's Word. We pray you've been encouraged today by what you've heard. We'd like to take a moment to ask you to partner with us as we continue to build this ministry. God is using programs like Ring of Truth to share the message of the gospel through a virtual mission field. Now, more than ever, people are being reached through radio and online teachings. We're so glad we could be a part of it, and we're eager to see where God will take us next. Would you join us in seeking God's will for this ministry? We'd also ask that you keep our listeners in your prayers, that they'll be open to how God is speaking to them. We know God listens to the prayers of His people, and we appreciate you partnering with us in this way. Thanks for joining us today. We encourage you to take the things you're learning in this study and apply them in your daily life. In our next edition, Pastor Dan will continue teaching verse by verse, chapter by chapter, through the book of Jeremiah, here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize them.